Okay, hi again, everyone. Thanks again uh, for joining us on the third session of uh, Nexus event. Uh, I'm really excited about our next guest speaker. His uh, long friends, like we we've, we've been known for like I don't know how many years. Long, long more than ten ago. years for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back oh, then geez, we yeah. have like way more energy than we are right now. Like we can stay, you know, we in the morning until like you know. Yeah. All the fun stuff. Um, maybe I'm gonna share a little bit story the first time that I met Yoss. It was back then when we were partying in downtown Vancouver. Well, back then- Really? We like, I don't yeah, remember that actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. Uh, and just in a five I partying is a, a good way to meet people. And I really encourage everyone here to start like, you know, doing networking, talk with people. It's really, you will, you will never know when your life's gonna leading to you. Like, you know, people have their own unique story um, the, and we can learn from each other's. Um, so, well, yeah, we were at a party. Uh, back then, clubbing was cool. I'm not sure, but nowadays. Um, no, nowadays you can't even club, man. Like that's cool. But I mean, not in pandemic. I mean, like on the <laughs> generation, man, probably they do something totally different that we are probably they do like, you know, more cool stuff. Um, so what I'm saying, so, yeah, this person's, um, you know, that's one thing that I know that doesn't change from this person's is he's always young at heart. He do a lot of fun stuff. He's still, uh, he always try this um, unique, interesting snack and make a comment about it. He also create his own DIY furniture and he loved playing. I'm not sure. Do you still like playing dodgeball? I do, but it's it's no. canceled because of COVID, right? Right, right. Of course, of course. That's, that's my sport. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So he's he's that type of person. So, um, and he's also uh, a UBC alumni graduate from computer science who is currently working at Launchpad as um, solution architect. Yes. Like <laughs> 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 my mind. I should take my notes. Um, and let's pass the floor to yours. All right. Awesome. Thank you guys, um, Farah and Chloe. So I'll start. Um, I'll actually, actually created really short, like literally four slides just to kind of like help me um, visualize um, what I'm trying to actually um, deliver to you guys today. So let's, let's just start by sharing my screen. Um, screen number two, share. Yeah. Let me know when, if you guys can see my screen. All good. All right, hold on. Let me just open up if I can see this. All right, this works better. I want to see everyone's faces here. All right. Okay, so welcome everyone. Um, what I'm going to do today is um, I will only, since we have um, about more or less one hour, um, I want to talk about four main things, right? The first one is I'm going to do a quick introduction um, story of um, how I get to where I am right now. So that will give you guys a little bit of a little bit of background of um, what I did, um, how I get how I get to be a solution architect at Launchpad Technologies, and then just give you an overall history of um, of my life here. All right, and then from there we'll talk a little bit about IT and technology field because I know a couple of you guys are probably in computer science, um, and even if you're not in computer science. I think understanding IT and technology field will be really useful. And the reason, the reason for it, I will talk about it a little bit 
um, why I think it will be useful to, for you guys to know the industry a little bit at least. And then after that, um, we'll go, we'll step out a little bit out of the kind of like typical, typical um, more formal history. I'm going to actually kind of talk a little bit about what I learned over the years that I wish that my, you know, my 20 years old year, um, self knew back then. So there are a few things that I learned, especially we, we, we all have the shared experience, right? We came from Indonesia. Uh, we moved to we moved here by ourselves. Probably some of you came come here with family, but most of us are here by ourselves, right? So there. So your your formative year, basically your adult formative year, is here. Um, and 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 back then, back then, I would be really happy if there's actually a mentor who teach me a little bit about life and also like how to move forward and be more successful adult. All right. Um, and of course, by the end, we'll have a little bit of Q and A. Um, I saw some of your questions. Um, some of us, some of your questions. Those are pretty amazing questions. So um, we're gonna go through that as well. All right. Okay. So we'll start with this part, and I literally write on the title "Employment History." And the reason for that is because when we talk about the actual education history, most of us probably going to have pretty similar. Uh, background, right? I came to uh, just just to go through it really quick. I came to Vancouver back in 2002. Um, went to Langara College for um, for a couple of years, and then transferred to UBC. Got into computer science. Graduated in um, 2008. All right. Um, now, what happens here is like where people's um, story will start to actually kind of diverge is probably what happened after work. So let me give you guys a little bit of background before I go there. And I want to know if this is still the case now with the immigration status, all right? So back then when I graduated in 2008, I was actually quite lucky because that was the first year that they give opens, open work permit for everyone. Um, just out of curiosity, is that still, still a thing? If you guys graduated from UBC, bachelor's degree, do you guys still get like three years work permit or not anymore? Okay, perfect. So, so that's awesome, right? Because that will actually really help you guys get started. Um, because before my year, before 2008, that was actually the challenge for a lot of um, Indonesian graduate. They couldn't, get, they couldn't get any company to sponsor them because uh, uh, or, or that's why they have to move somewhere else or they have to go back to Indonesia. The work permit thing is actually really good, all right? So let's start with my story. I graduated in 2008. And of course, because I was a graduate from computer science, the first, the first kind of job that I was looking for is of course, as a software developer, all right? Um, I love coding back then. Um, I code, I code in uh, back then, mainly my programming language was Java um, and web coding was actually still really, really web app programming was actually still really, really in its infancy back in 2008. But I started as a software developer. So my professional, my first three years of my professional career was, a, was as a software developer, all right? Now, after three years, within that two and a half years, since the beginning, I know that what I want to do is I actually want to go more into the business side. Now, now what that means is it's not like, it's not like I want to go uh, and, and really, really like business. It's more of like I want to actually learn entrepreneurship. All right. So there's one, there's one guy who's actually taking entrepreneurship um, major just now. Um, so what happens there is I started as a software developer. After two years, I realized that coding in front of computer 
uh, for eight hours a day is, was not for me. All right. I still like coding, but I feel like I want to actually talk to people more. I want to be closer to actual um, to, uh, to business. I want to be closer to selling. I want to be closer to actually like connecting and be the bridge between business and, and um, technology. So obviously um, back in 2011, the, the next job that I move into was the next career that makes more sense is actually as a business analyst, right? So for those of you who don't know business analysts in tech industry, it's kind of like a blend. So you're actually talking to the business to the business user, understand their requirement, understand their requirement, take it from there, understand their use cases, and then translate it to actual to actual um, document that can be that can be um, implemented by developer. All right. So so that's that's kind of like a little bit of blend um, between business and technology. Um, I I still of course back then I was still really fresh from coding so I was still heavy on the technical side but I slowly start learning about business and understanding how to talk to people all right because believe it or not when you're in computer science like it's actually as much as I, I don't know about nowadays but back then as much as you want the the um, kind of like stereotype to be wrong it's it's kind of true that when you're in computer science and a lot of the things that you do is just coding in front of computer a lot of them actually a lot of us actually don't didn't really know how to talk to people all right um so that was actually a little bit challenging and it was interesting so if any of you guys want to ask me about how the process is um we can talk about it a little bit later if that's any interest to any anyone but yeah i move away from coding into the business side all right now from there, this is really not on scale. Um, from there, uh, I worked for business analysts for about a year. One thing that I learned over that one year is on top of understanding the business and actually be able to connecting between business and technology, um, you need a little bit more kind of like a project management skills. Now, this is something that I'm going to tell everyone, all right? No matter what your major is, or no matter what you're doing in your professional life, understanding how to do a pro how to do project management is something that's really really useful. That even if you don't take, because back then I actually took the certification. I actually did a project management professional certification. I took it. Um, I took it. Got certified. Got certified, um, and I learned about it. All right. But even if you don't do the whole professional certification, if you have time to go to, I don't know, Coursera, online, online learning, take some course in project management, that will actually really, really help you in a lot of, a lot of things, whether it's professional or even in school, all right? Because once you know how to manage project, think about it, everything can be treated as a project. Your midterm, it's a project. Your course, it's a project. So when you know how to actually run a project, it will be really useful for you. So I did that and I worked as a project manager for about a year. Okay. Now, by 2013, I basically have the three skill set that I was looking for. I have the project management skill, I had the business analyst skill, and I have the coding skill. So, so by then, by 2013, I was like, okay, what makes sense for the, for, for the next step for me? So I went on an actual consulting um, role. I wrote Salesforce Consultant. Salesforce is the product, um, but but basically it's it's a full-on consulting um, a full-on consulting um, role. What it means is that I actually go in 
talk to a lot of talk to a lot of business, talk to a lot of companies, CEO, director, CTO, what have you, um, get their requirements, understand their business process, understand how they're doing their day-to-day -day operationals, and then from there translate it and implement technology. Now, this will be important. Remember when I said like implement technology, this will be important when we talk about the IT and technology industry. But basically back then, back in 2013, you can start to see the shift that everyone, everyone that's like, that's still behind, that still use paper-based, that still use Excel, they want to have an actual system that can help them run their business. So a consulting role was actually something that's, that's really, really cool back then. Um, and it's still pretty cool nowadays because it's a pretty complex role. Um, but, but it's actually a role where you, you go in and talk to business and help them improve their um, process, um, improve their profit, profit process, procedures um, with, with technology. All right. So this is something that's interesting for, um, for you guys. What happened is I did that for a good 2013 to 2019. So I did a Salesforce consulting. I worked for a couple of companies there. Um, and then, and then there, there a little bit of time, I think it's about six or eight months that I actually did my own consulting, meaning that I don't work for any, I didn't work for any company. I actually go off and then work for myself doing um, consulting on Salesforce. That's a product. In 2019, as I'm doing things by myself, I realized that this is what I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of background. When you do a freelance job, the money is really good. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. The money is really good, um, but for me, after after I did that for about eight months, it was a little bit lonely because at the end of the day, you work at home, you do you do everything by yourself, right? Um, and by the way, I've been working from home even before it was cool. So I've been working from home since 2015. Um, so when COVID happened, that was actually not a big change for me. Um, but 2019, I realized. 2019, I actually met with a guy, um, what, met with a guy, his name is Bruce. Um, so we got connected by our network and this is related to what Farah said just now, it's always important to be, uh, to network and be friends with people because I randomly just like got introduced by this guy um, from my old network, all right? So it's like, hey, my friend is starting a new company um, and he's looking for a Salesforce consultant or IT consultant in general. Can you, can you meet up with him for, for, for a meeting? So literally this is what happened. I met with the guy. Um, I still remember I went to Gastown back then. It was actually um, someone else's office because he was, he was one of the board member of another company. Um, met with him and go like Launchpad Technologies, what is this? Literally what happened was like, he only have the name, all right? He didn't have any real idea. He only had the name. Talk to him. We connected really well. What's supposed to be like a 30 minutes, 30 minutes conversation. It became a two hours. Think about it kind of like really good first date, right? Like it's, that's probably a really good, like kind of like way to put it two hours in. He was like, Hey, this is a new company. I only have the name. I have like kind of like a fake idea of like what I'm going to do. So what do you think? I just go like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm in. So that's what I did. Um, and that was interesting, 2019, I joined Launchpad as a solution architect. The title is solution architect, so technically it's still kind of consultant-ish, but when you join a startups that, that, that really, really start from the beginning, um, 
I basically did everything, right? Like, like I helped sales. So like we run around the, we run around the city. Like I, we met with random people. We met with random people. Like the first year, the first year, even though I say I still work from home, um, I think I, every other day I go to downtown. We go to, we go to different companies. We try to sell, we give presentations. We meet with CEO, we meet with CTO. We, meet, we try to actually get our name out there. Right. Um, nowadays, nowadays we're a little bit more structured. Of course, we start in 2019. Now, Launchpad Technologies actually have almost 40 employees. All right. Um, out of the 40 employees, six of us, six. Yeah, I think six of us is based on North America. Um, so, so the salespeople, the directors, myself, the founders, and some of the some of the people that runs the um, the department are based in North America but a lot of our developers are actually based in South America, all right? So, so we can talk a little bit about that. I think there's someone who asked about like marrying kind of like process and business between, um, between two different countries. If you want to ask the question, I am pretty familiar with that. So we can talk a little bit about that, but yeah. Um, now we are 40 people. Right now, I'm still a solution architect. I'm actually working directly under director of professional service, professional services department. But because literally it's only me and my director, basically my manager, I actually learned within this past few years, I actually learned how to build an actual department. I actually learned how to interview people, um, how to interview people and then actually running resource and, and really a big operational part of the companies and company building. So just to give you guys a recap, um, I have quite a bit of experience in the tech industry because I went through the whole developer, business analyst, and project manager trifecta. Usually that's actually three different people for three different roles, all right? I went to full-on consulting role. I did my own freelancing. I went and, start, I went and joined a founder and, uh, as an employee number one for a startup. Um, and I also learned a lot of company building. So if you guys have any questions that's related to that, um, I more than likely probably have um, answers for you guys. All right. Any questions so far before we move on to talk a little bit about the IT and technology? Any quick questions that you guys want to go through? Um, yes, I have one. Yeah. So how did you, um, how did you change? How did, how this transition from doesn't want to, doesn't know how to talk to people to where you are right now? That's, that's an, <laughs> number one, I can tell you guys that's painful. It was painful, all right? Because there's a difference between being able to, being extroverted and able to actually talk to your friends um, into more of the former roles. So, so it was painful. I, I'm not going to lie. Like it, it was like, I struggled with it. I struggled with it. And I actually learned a lot um, by reading books. That's number one. I'm reading books, trial and errors, a lot of trial and errors, like um, got yelled at by manager, got yelled at by the client. Um, but one thing that I actually can tell you guys, if you guys have one skill set, one basic skill set that you guys have, and then you guys want to learn something new, always comes in knowing that you will you will be shitty the first the first the first few times all right so i give you guys a good example one of the bucket list that i have is i want to do stand up comedy just for fun before i die all right i want to do stand up comedy 
a lot of people say like, wow, you're, you're, you're crazy, right? Like, what if, what if you stand up there and you're not funny, right? I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I'm not professional, right? Like I go up there the first time I go up there the first time, of course I will suck, right? Like I won't be funny the first time. Um, so I think just to, just to, just to give you guys a little bit of recap, number one, know that it will be painful, but not understand that that's actually, if that's what your goal and what you want to do, um, read a lot, ask people, find mentors. But the most important thing is just, just, just go through it, right? No matter how painful, no matter how embarrassing, like at the end of the day, it will take time for you to be good. That sounds good. Uh, just not a question, but just a little bit of comment here. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think now with international students, you are allowed to work 20 hours outside the campus. That's right. Because yeah. back then we don't have that. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think that's a question for me. <laughs> is, that, is that right, Colleen? Yeah, we're allowed to work 20 hours per week. Okay. So yeah, so that's a good, like, that's a good, take advantage of it. Back then, we don't have many international oh, and there's yeah. an opportunity. Um, and then most of them, you know, we just start a career right after you graduate. And it's kind of hard when you graduate and you don't have any experience. So once you have it, take your chance, even though, even though it's not related to what you do, just apply for something and it will leading you to, to where you want to be. That's actually a good one. We didn't have that, eh? Back then. <laughs> oh, that was shitty. Like you, you can only work at um, UBC. I remember that. And mm -hmm. then there's only so much things you can do at UBC, even as a side job, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any, any other question before I move on? I mean, we, we I'll, I'll ask you guys for questions like as I, as we go, anyways. So I'll, I'll go to the next one. I guess everyone's good. All right. Awesome. So the next one. This might not, as I said, this even though it seems like only a couple of you are from computer science, right? This will be relevant, okay? So IT and technology industry, this is what I'm gonna tell you. Search up industry 4.0 for you guys that's probably already on um, computer science, you guys probably heard of this. Back in my days, wow, man, I sound old. Back in my days, it was called the Ford Industrial Revolution, all right? Or uh, these days, it's actually called industry 4.0. You guys can actually do, Wikipedia on that. But the idea of Industry 4.0, just a quick one-liner elevator pitch for that. Industry 4.0 basically saying that every company in this world are becoming technology company. All right. So, so the idea is no matter what you do, accounting firm, you need technology system, food and nutrition, food and nutrition. You go, you go to any to, you go to any food and beverage like production, uh, production. Um, factory, they will need a system, all right? Any logistics, any logistics, any, any, any laboratory, like health, science, education, everything needs systems nowadays, all right? We are in such an interconnected world that every, every field in the world have to have a technology field, all right? So, so that's what I meant by even though you're not in, in IT, even though you're not in IT, it's also, inter it's also important to actually know about this because at the end of the day, everyone have to be, what do you call it? Like, I don't know what do you call it nowadays? Like malek, malek industry, malek technology, I don't know, right? Uh, but, but you guys have to know how to do it, right? So, so that's pretty relevant. Now with that, it comes endless opportunities, right? Um, one thing that I can tell you guys, that's, that's not really the thing back and back and when we just graduated, right? Um, 
the technology landscape back in 2008 is completely different with 2020. All right. The way people do, do work in IT, the way internet work, the way, the way, the way information, uh, the way information goes around the world is completely different between 2000 and 2020. All right. Now, nowadays, when you talk about IT and technology industry, there's a lot of endless opportunities in there, right? Because, because it's really big. But at the same time, because of the way, the way how, how global it is these days, it is also highly competitive. So this field, I can tell you guys, if you guys specialize in IT and technology, and you guys, if you guys specialize in IT technology, know that you're going in into really highly competitive, highly competitive, you're, you're competing not with just local, local people, you're competing with everyone in the world, right? So, so, so this is what I'm gonna tell people, usually people who wants to go to IT because IT and technology in these days is pretty similar with banking in 1990s. Everyone want to go to banking because you make a lot of money, right? Um, I can tell you guys in IT and technology because it's so big, you can get, you can get paid shitty wage and you get, we can get paid really good wage. The range is huge, right? Because it's endless opportunity. Again, it's global, right? But it's highly competitive. If you're only going in for the money, generally it's really hard. Um, but, but there's a lot, as, as I, I showed you guys, there's a lot of ways that you can actually slice, slice the dice basically, right? Like you can come in from the, you can come in from the, um, from the business side, you can come in from the process side, right? So for example, if you're in, you're in food and science, right? Like if you understand the process and then you want to implement, you want to implement technology to actually make it better, you can also learn that on the side, right? Um, but, but know that a lot of the time, sometimes you have to kind of like specialize yourself as well for the technology industry, all right? Um, that's actually the gist of it. Like, I think you guys, I think it's useful to read about industry 4.0. I know that not everyone is in IT, but do you guys have any question before we move into a little bit more takeaways? And I think um, the takeaways is actually a good segue for us. I'll give you guys a little bit of kind of like what I wish I know back when I was your age, but at the same time, um, I'll, I'll open it up for a QA. But before I move there, any question about the industry itself, specific to the industry? Um, actually, we have one question on the chat box here. It's yep. from Celine. It? Could you also talk more about which project management courses are you are good to try out? Well, back then um, I took PMP. That's that's project management professional. So let's see if I, you know, let's Google that. This was the. This is actually the project. Um, PMP certifications. So it is actually a certifications. It's quite expensive. I think it cost back then it cost 1200 to take the course and 500 to do the test. Um, now, do I think this is important? Um, I can tell you guys something. If you guys have the certification, it's only useful when you're actually trying to get a job in a project management. In terms of the skill itself, you can learn the skill from anywhere else, all right? Back then, we didn't have a lot of online resources. Uh, 2012 was um, only eight years, nine years ago, but it was a completely different time. We didn't have a lot of Coursera yet. We didn't have a lot of like online courses yet. 
Um, so I had to take that one. So that's the only one, unfortunately, that's the only one that I know. But if you guys go to any, I'm pretty sure if you guys go to any Coursera or anything else, there will be a project management course. Let's get, actually, yes, I have one question about the industry 410. So from my experience, so I just implement a new software, no, a new HRS system in my company. Mm -hmm. I don't HRS have- is the human resource? Uh, yeah, so it's more integrating between benefit, payroll, yeah. Uh, yeah. HR, all of those. Yeah, interviews and everything, yeah. Yeah, so, um, Hey, I don't have any, you know, background in coding and stuff like that. But as now it's evolved, uh, I would like to know what's your opinion about the importance of coding in the future. Not just like I, it, for me, like I think like I do not, I don't do a lot of more of coding, but there's are something that, oh, if I just could understand the comment of that thing, it helped me a lot to understand how the system Thing and work. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Would you think that you know coding would be something like at least like for us like for math at least you understand how the system thinking, or if it's something oh you probably doesn't need to learn coding. Um, there's actually let, let's 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 talk a little bit about the layer there right because because obviously if you have computer science background right you want you like coding and you want to learn how to code right. I would say that um, coding is not 100% needed these days because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if it's not, if it's not, if it's not your, if it's not your path, right? Uh, if it's not your path, it's not something that you're interested in. Um, me personally, there's there's no point learning it if you're not interesting just for the sake of knowing it. Now, what's important though, especially especially these days. Coming from coming from some coming from background that's not um, IT, right? You want to understand the process in your industry, all right? You want to understand this is at the end of the day, companies are are split into two things, not for profit or for profit profit, right? For the not for profit one, you want to understand you want to understand the process on how the business runs, how the business becomes what it is. Right. Okay. So, so for example, like um, I worked with this really interesting company before. All right, and um, I can't, I could, I can't tell you guys the name, but this is a pretty interesting project for me, because they're a non-for-profit company, and then what they're doing, and then what they're doing is actually, they they get funding, which I'm pretty sure comes from FBI. They didn't say it, but the idea is, the idea is. For all the war-torn countries, let's say let's say you have someone from Middle East somewhere. There's a journalist that's that's being chased down by the government, right? Um, this journalist can actually go to the to the website of this company, enter their name, and then basically ask for help to get them extracted from from the um, from the Middle Eastern country, from that country. All right, it's a non-for-profit, which again I still think it's it's actually funded by FBI. Um, and and what happened there is like um, they try to uh, they try to actually implement a system that connects between that form into their own internal kind of like a funding grant um, system, and then they want to make sure that the data is secure because they 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 got hacked a lot before because people want to know who are these people who's trying to run away from the countries right which is which makes sense right that that, that has something to do with people's life now 
the guy that I work with, he knows and he really understands the importance, the process on how the company runs, the importance of having the technology so that everything can be more secure and everything can be run faster and hence they can provide help faster to these people. All right. He, he, he's, not, he's not a computer science background. He don't know how to code, but he's really useful to his company because he know the process and he know how technology works with this process and actually help the company runs. Same idea with for-profit. Understand what you are selling. Understand how your company makes money. Always focus on the process, put it in and go from there. Any, any other question before we move on? We're good. All right, we'll jump into the fun to the fun part then, and I'll open it up for questions. All right, this is what I learned over the few years. All right. These are the few things that I think, um, and by the way, there are some books related to this as well. Um, I think the one thing that's really important that everyone needs to build in order for you guys to be successful, number one is self-awareness, all right? So, so, so for you guys, um, I assume you guys probably like in your early 20s, right? Um, this is something that doesn't, that, that actually don't come easy, self-awareness, all right, but, but, but but um, just learn about it. Always, always check yourself, right? Every once in a while, every once in a while, like always remember that, always check yourself, always ask the questions like, hey, am I moving to the direction that I want? Hey, am I doing well? Hey, am I, am I, am I even like, even, even the simple stuff, right? These days we can talk about like, hey, am I physically healthy? Hey, am I mentally healthy, right? This is something that's really important. So that's one advice that I will actually tell you guys, um, self-awareness, build it early because I built it quite late, right? It took me a while, especially because um, I, when, we, when we move here, a lot of us, when we move here, we didn't have mentor, we didn't have our parents. So we have to learn everything by ourselves. all right? Just by knowing self-awareness and actually, actually build that since the beginning will really help you guys a lot in the future, all right? The second one, this coup, I actually have a book related to it. But this is something that I actually always do. Be hack and find your why. So Google it. Be hack stands for big, hairy, audacious goal. Okay. So everything in your life, right? You want to have goals. This is something that I tell everyone. Even when I actually do a mentorship to a junior member that just come to my team, I tell them: if there's no limit on your resource, there's no limit on time. If you can have any kind of goals. What is your big, hairy, audacious goal? And the reason for that is because it's one of those like aim for the moon, aim for the moon, and you're probably gonna fall on the stars, right? So, so have a big goal. In my case, in my case, like my big goals is I come in here. Um, my family in Indonesia is not, it's not, it's not a rich family. I don't, I don't have, we don't have kind of like a family business to continue on. But my goal is like I want to come here. Even if I'm an immigrant, I want to be successful and I can show, I want to show people that I can actually make it here. All right. That's my big, hairy, audacious goal. I'm, I'm hopefully I'm on well on my track there, but I still have that since the beginning. All right. That's why I joined the startup. 
that's why that's why I take less pay because I can I can tell you guys now if I go to I go to bigger company I can get paid a lot more but that's not my goal um, I want to actually build something myself so that's my big hairy audacious goal and then the number two that's equally important that is to actually find your why find your why uh, find your why is um, you have to know why you want something all right and then usually one thing that I can actually tell you guys when you have when you try to find your why find your why and find your why that comes from your intrinsic value all right it's not something that comes from outside so for example for example um, and this is actually related more on the cultural side right a lot of us a lot of us especially from indonesian culture or asian culture in general when you come in a lot of your why is actually affected by the family this is what your parents want you to do this is what this is what um, this is what your family wants you to do or this is what society tells you to do all right, it's good. It's it's not bad because most of the time parents know what's better, what's best for you. And I'm I'm not gonna tell you guys to say no to your parents, right? Because at the end of the day, I don't pay for the bill your parents are. Um, but one thing that I can tell you guys um, is you got you you got you gotta have your intrinsic why, right? If you want to do something, you have to actually be able to tell yourself this is what I really want to do. This is not someone else why. All right. There's a book. There's a book for that. I think it's. If anyone here, um, this is actually a book by Simon Sinek. There's actually a book called, called Find Your Why. Um, if you guys have time, go to the library, rent it out, uh, borrow it from the library, read it, um, get audio book, listen to it. It's a really good book. Okay. Um, now, the third one is probably something that's quite controversial. Okay. Because this is what I'm going to tell you guys. This is something that's quite controversial. Take it take it and learn from it, or you guys can actually say no to it, but you want to put effort where it matters. And what do, what, what do I mean by that? I'm not, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a straight A student. I'm not even close to straight A student. I'm pretty average, all right? Um, and, and a lot of the times, a lot of the times, we, were told, we are told as a student that you have to be the best at everything. You have to get 4.3 GPA. You have to be like valedictorian, right? If you guys don't want to do it again, it's related to your intrinsic. If that's if that's what society tell you guys, you probably won't be happy. You will probably won't enjoy doing it, right? But the way I the way I approach things, even from the beginning, even from back in the university days, I put efforts where it matters. Okay, so that nobody here can be good at everything. No way, right? Like, yeah, like there's ten different things. There's ten different things. I have ten different things. I'll give five to. I'll give five to someone else that can do it better than me. Coding, I give it to a developer, right? If I, if I have to if I have to do accounting stuff, I give it to a accountant. I won't do it myself, right? I'm not good at it, right? I'd rather pay someone $50, I'd rather pay someone $100 and they do it better than me, all right? But but on the things that matters, right? Like for example, for example, back, back, in, the, um, back in the university days, Back in the university days, there are some courses that I, I really like and I know will matter. For example, I think back then there's a software engineering course where you actually get thrown into actual real life situation. I really want to do well with it because I know that will be transferable. I did well on that course. On everything else, that's kind of like, and, and but again, this is this is just disclaimer is for me. If you guys don't want to do it, it's fine. On the on the other on the other course that I thought like, um, hey, this is this is probably not going to be transferable. Um, transferable scale I didn't put as much effort I still I still pass I just don't put effort because I know because I know I need to focus my effort somewhere else
but hey if you guys have the have have the brain power to be to excel in everything more power to you guys but if not know that it's okay to just put effort where it really matters for you guys but the the downside to that is you that can be an actual kind of like way or, or excuse for you guys to be lazy right that's why i started with be hack and find your why because if you don't know your goal you wouldn't know what what matters okay find your goals you know what matters put effort where it matters okay and the last one you guys are 20 for fuck's sake have fun okay like you're like have fun don't 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 as as what Farah said like you guys still have a lot of energy you guys still you guys are healthy right like take care of your physical health take care of your mental health but have fun okay all right that's it that's actually the takeaway and advice from me questions let's open it up I, Farah, should i go through the questions questionnaires that you guys have uh chloe can like read the question and yeah. Okay, yeah. first of all, like I want to hear from you guys first before the questions. Like, do you guys find this interesting, useful, boring, too much talking? What do you guys think so far? Good? Good, a lot of thumbs up. I heard a lot of crickets. <laughs> awesome. Okay, all right, let's let's go through the questions and, and please do ask questions. I do really like talking. To people, this is something that I really enjoy. Ask question. I will give you guys my LinkedIn if you guys to to um, if you guys want to ask me like personally on LinkedIn and messages. But but please do ask question. We have time here. Yeah. So um, I guess now we can move on to the questions. So mm -hmm. the first one is um, how can we stand out from other applicants who came from the same education background as we are when competing for our very first job? Okay. Um, who asked that? Do we have to have the person who asked that? Yeah. Um, I don't have it in my list. No. All right. Okay. Who can relate to that to that question then? I guess everyone's here, right? Because you guys haven't got your first job yet. All right. Here's what here's what I'm gonna tell you guys. When I when I when I interview people, right? Of course, of course, there's two things, right? Like the first one is. Um, the job posting when this is this is at least from my side as an interviewer right um, the job posting will have to match with what you're looking for with with the skill level right so if we're looking for intermediate or at, uh, intermediate or expert level we will not interview the um, we will not interview fresh graduate right so so number one number one um, before you even actually try to compete with everyone that's in the same field, make sure that you understand what you're applying for and then make sure that your skill level actually match, right? Generally, this is what I'm going to tell you guys. When it says, when it says intermediate, give it a try. When it says, when it says, when it says senior, don't bother, all right? When it says intermediate and under five years or three years, give it a try, throw it in, throw it in, and then make sure that you guys put effort on the, um, on the resume now the second thing is of course it's related to the resume right tailor your resume um if you understand if you understand the concept of um search engine optimization right when you when you think about search engine optimization when you um when you write your resume put you want to tailor it you know how like a lot of people when they send 10 resumes they will send 10 same ones 
right? I'm not, I'm not going to actually tell you guys to do it. If you guys have 20, 50 different um, resume that you want to send, at least for one, at least for 10% of it, five or five resume, out, five job posting or 10 job posting, anything that you guys really like, you guys want to tailor it a little bit, all right? So, so what do I mean by tailor it? Read the job description, figure out, figure out what the, um, figure out what the kind of like keyword is, uh, keywords are. So for example, if they're looking for Java, if they're looking for web applications, if they're looking for integrations, all those keywords, if you guys have the scale, you want to put it on top, all right? You put it on top so the HR people can read it. So that's, that's, my, that's my first thing, all right? That, um, that you want to put it on top. You want to have a cover letter that's fairly short. Don't go too deep. Um, I like bullet points. Personally, I like bullet points. I don't like people who actually open up with like um, with a wall of text um, that's basically copy pasted from everywhere else. Um, customize it straight to the point because when you think about it, all these HR people only have five minutes to read your resume. You want five to ten minutes to read your resume. You want to get the you want to get your point across within that five to ten minutes. So put everything in bullet points. Put everything on top. Okay. So that's number one. Number two. When you get the interview, when you get to interview, do not overthink it. When you go into interview, don't think about it as interview. This is what I tell people every time they go into interview. Interview is a conversation. Okay. It's not, don't think about it as like, if I go in this, if I go in and I don't get the job, I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm stupid or I'm not good or I'm, or I'm fucked, right? It's not the case. A lot of the times when people say no, it's either someone else is a better suited for the job, you probably don't want the job anyways because someone else is better suited than you, right? Or there's a lot of different things. Don't take it personally, all right? So go, go in with the mindset that it's a, it's a conversation. They want to know whether you're a good fit. You want to know whether you're a good fit, uh, whether they're a good fit for you. It, it's, it's a two-ways conversation, okay? Once you get that mindset, when you start talking to people, generally when you can treat it as conversation, you will be better at it and be less nervous, okay? Now, in terms of the actual skills, of course you have to know your skills, right? But this is, this is the caveat. You don't need to know the complex skill. You need to know the basic, okay? So a lot of companies will not ask you, I'll give example in, in IT, right? A lot of companies will not ask you really, really deep questions. Right. If they say they're looking for juniors, they will ask you for basic junior questions, but know your basic skill really well. Now, on top of that, once you know your basic skill, what makes you different will be how you approach. Number one, this is personally, this is what I really like. Number one, how you approach a question. OK, so when you approach a question, when you approach a questions, right, the way you answer it can tell the person either A, you actually know your thing or not, or two, if you don't know whether you're willing to learn or not, all right? Me personally, this is something that I always like. This is, this is three things that, that usually really, really attract me, right? If you don't know, say you don't know. Number one, like don't, don't, don't bullshit. We can call that out from 10 meters away. We know if you lie, all right? If you don't know, just say you don't know. You don't need to know everything, right? Again, if they say no, then you're probably not a good fit anyways. You don't want to work there, okay? Number two, number two, 
if you don't know, if you show that you're willing to learn, and in my case, back in the days when I was still a junior, if I don't know, I said like, I don't know, I asked back to the, to the guy who interviewed me, hey, I don't know the answer. I think this is how to solve it, right? So don't just say like, I don't know. I go like, I don't know. I think this is how to solve it, but I don't think this is correct. What is the correct answer, right? People like that. That shows that you're actually willing to learn, all right? And then number three, this is something that I do in every one of my interview. By the end of the interview, by the end of the interview, ask directly how I'm doing. Since the beginning, since the beginning, like okay, probably the first cup, the first job, I didn't do it, but I get used to how to interviewing. By the end of it, I sit down and I ask, hey, how am I doing? Do you guys think I'm a good fit? Do you guys think? Do you guys think I'm um, I'm a good fit, or or what do you think of the interview? I really enjoy this. What do you think of the interview, right? Because what happens here is it actually takes the stress away from you when you ask something like this. Most of the times, you will know whether they like you or not, right? Like if you can tell like they don't like you, then you won't think about it because you know you're not gonna take get the job anyways, right? Take away the stress. Go on to the next to the next one. Right. And by the way, that 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 actually works for dating life too. Next time if you go on a date, by the end, like just, just say, hey, I really had fun. What do you think? Can I get the second date? Just ask. All right, same shit. Make sense? Okay. All right. Next question. All right. Um, the next question is um, what is the company culture like in Launchpad? Okay. Um, that is a really specific question to the company. Okay, I don't, this is, this is what I'm going to tell you guys, because I don't think there's a lot of value for me to tell you the specific company culture of the of Launchpad itself. I think what, what's important is whether the company value align with you. Okay, now from there, I'll give you the example with Launchpad. Launchpad, I, I was employee number one. So when we built the company, the, I was part of the culture. What it means is like the culture that we built comes from the core teams. This is something that's, that's from the entrepreneur, from the guy who's actually taking entrepreneur, right? Like a, a startup company, any kind of company, whether you're a product company or your tech company or whatever you're doing, it's not, it's not about the product that you make. It's not about the product that you sell. It's about the people, okay? So, so what it means is when Launchpad started, we didn't really know what we're doing, but over three years, we kind of we actually like learn what we're good at, build from it, build from it, and we built the team around it and the culture around it. So of course, Launchpad culture is aligned with my own personal culture. Now, for example, for example we, built, we built a company that actually focused on the people. We built a company that wants to actually like reward the people, and then we want to promote equality. Right, gender equality, gender equality, equal payment. We are really big into that. Um, we're really big into that, and we actually put our money, our money on what we actually say we're going to do. Okay, um, but in terms of Launchpad, in terms, in terms of what I can tell you guys, when you guys look for a company, just read up on the company culture and then see if it actually fits with your values or not. Make sense? And also. For the entrepreneur guys, it's the people. I think there's a book on that too. I can't remember the book title. Yeah. I would like to echo on that one. Because I, it, that's a really, well, you share like a lot of good tips here. Like uh, you even share like how to do the resume and the interview. 
And I like the like how you like value the people. Like for me personally, I can do for me like if I find a job when I do the interview, it's just not how I'm wanting to tell like who I am. I also want to know who the company is it the best fit for me. Are we aligned the same value or not? Because in the end, you can do the same job at the end of the company, but it's the people that you work with that make it more matters. Actually, actually, that's a good point. That reminds me. Um, that reminds me. You're right. Like, cause, cause I did, I did. This is another example of my life. I actually, I actually learned. Um, and again, this is, this is just the path that I took. Um, I actually got an, I get, I got a couple offer from, from bigger consulting firm. So I got, I got an offer from Deloitte before, and I got an offer from Accenture before. Um, I didn't take it. Mainly not because of the mainly not the, the the company value for a corporates like that you can read it online right but when you talk when you talk to the interviewer you can also kind of understand like uh, how's their day to day look like and then what kind of structure and the, how the company actually treat you so that's not that's another thing and again interview is a conversation also read on your interviewer right just because by by you asking like how how work is like or by by you looking at how happy they are. You probably wouldn't know whether you want to work there or not, right? You probably, if you sit down and then everyone look miserable, I don't know if you want to work for that company. That's true. That's true. Right. Okay. Yep. Moving on to the next question. Um, what does a typical working day look like? This is a little bit interesting. I wake up in the morning, brush my teeth, shower, and then I go to my office. That's literally what it is. And then I start my job. <laughs> but day to day, day to day, it's always different for me. Okay. So usually I start, I start depending on what, what the meet, what my first meeting, when my first meeting is, um, because I work with um, Eastern clients. Sometimes I start, I have meeting as early as 7.30. Um, I usually don't do 6 a.m. because I'm pretty useless at 6 a.m. Um, and I know that, so there's no point for me to actually wake up at 6 a.m. Um, even 7 a.m. is kind of pushing it. Um, but but that's generally what happens. I wake up, I wake up, and then um, I actually wake up and listen to some podcasts. This is this is just a random thing that I like to do. Um, it's called Optimal Living Daily. So if you guys want to check it out, it's a 10 minutes. You wake up, you listen to that. Uh, this guy, this dude with really soothing radio voice wake you up and then tells you about something that's like efficient and useful for your life um walk my dog because walk my dog and then i go to the gym in the morning actually so i work out um, before i work out before i start my day um go to work and then usually what happens is i have client meeting i schedule my client meeting early before lunch because i want to actually set aside some time for me to work on the actual things that i need to work on so I try not to have back-to-back -back meetings since the beginning to the end, um, but but usually from nine to twelve is my meetings time. From twelve onward is usually the time that I actually start doing job, uh, doing work, and then I always try to finish on time. And the reason for that is because um, this is again this is disclaimer. This is from me. Like fuck overtime, um, because because like a good company will know how to give you how, when to give you like the right the right workload. Um, they will not push you to work overtime, right? We don't promote overtime in our company. And then, and then if you have, if you have to do overtime, then you probably need to learn if you, if, if, the, if the company is actually doing a good job 
and giving you the right amount of work and you have to work overtime, then you probably need to learn how to manage your time. Okay, all right. Okay, um, the next question. I think it's more of the technical, yeah. technical stuff. Um, is it possible to create an integrated system for production and sales if the company is located in two different countries? I read this like, okay, who asked this? This is interesting one. Who, who asked this? Is, is the person here? This is, a, it's not a student. Uh, it's someone who just moved here and created their own business. Well, the answer, of course, technically, yes, right? Like, I mean, if you get, if you get, if you get unlimited resource, right? If you have $10 billion, you can do everything, right? Like that's, 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 that's a pretty, that's a pretty, that's, that's the answer, right? But technically, yes, you can have, um, you can have um, those two work together when it's in different country. Now, the, the thing with that though, it's not about technical. Industry 4.0, every company becomes a technology company, but it's not about technically whether it can be done or not. With today's technology, everything can be done. What's important, and I keep on harping to, about this to all of my clients, right? Do not rely, never rely on the technology as, as your first step. Rely on your process. Know your business process if you want to actually have a good logistic, if you want to have a good production line. You have to know your process and then cater the technology to make the process more efficient, not the other way around. You don't implement technology first and then figure out your process as you go. It, that's why 99%, no, not 99%, but like that's why a big chunk of technology implementation project failed because the company themselves don't know what the process is. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, we have our last question here, but I think you kind of explained it um, in your presentation. Um, it's, um, can you please tell us about path after your graduation? And well, that's that's my presentation a couple times. You know what? This is something that's actually interesting, right? Everyone have different path. Like, especially, I can tell you guys, like from the computer science one, it's actually interesting. By the way, I'm not saying that you guys have to learn everything um, in the computer science part. That's just the part that I take. I've seen people who's actually coding and do really well in their job and, and do really well for themselves. There's nothing wrong to stay with the technology, right? No, again, know your goal, know what you want to do, and then go from there. Right? Like my path will not be your path. You guys will have different paths. You guys will have different ways. And who knows? We might cross paths eventually if I can still walk around and keep up with you guys. But I mean. <laughs> um, you know what? I would like to add to that one too. Like I believe like, you know, everyone have their own uh, success uh, their own like story, they, how they get where they are right now. It won't be at the same path. It won't be the same story, um, because we we come from from the different background. We have a different passion and we have a different value, and the timing is also different and always make a difference. Um, then when you find like your passion, uh, is it early at your age that you know that oh I want to be you know like Nadia? She know that she want to be like uh, where she is right now at the beginning of her career. Me, I found that I want to be in HR after I graduated from UBC, after I spent three, four years working at the bank and I turned out this is not what I want to do. I want to be in HR. Um, it's a different story, but it takes you where you want. Just, you know, like I'm gonna acquaint with one few things that you also already say, 
find what you want, find why you want doing it. And just, uh, and then you will find like you meet people and then listen to their story and somehow it just gonna fit it to where you are. And again, thanks you all for, for your time. Thanks everyone for joining us tonight. Uh, I hope you can, you know, pick one or two things from us, from yours, even though he even, he's awesome. He's telling us about how the resume that's, and doing the interview is more than interesting. Um, oh, by the way, a little bit of plug, you guys can add me on LinkedIn. Um, I think Farah can send the LinkedIn right later on. Just add me if you guys have any questions. Um, I, I generally and reply pretty fast. Um, yeah, just, just go for it, right? If you guys have any questions, I like helping people. That's why I'm a consultant. So use that, take advantage of it, connect with, you know, like when I mean connect, you really, you just don't add people on LinkedIn. Make a genuine connection. Try to- It comes from the HR, yes. <laughs> try to make a real connection. Try to talk, drop a, like an email, say thank you, whatever, like see what you're interested in, what take the interest to what they do. Um, it, it does make a difference. Uh, so I think- Vera, since you're the HR, is that like, because because that resume that resume writing is something that I just learned from like after I start interviewing people, but hopefully that's actually the accurate one. <laughs> well, of course, you know, like the few tips here, like you know, like for the resume, that's correct. Who's gonna read like hundreds of resume? Uh, we of course we use like a lot of uh, engine uh -huh. system, but of course you know like after that like you no know, we're gonna read shorted like for the fifty. Uh, Again, read uh, the what is the job description. Um, you know, I'm gonna echo exactly what you say, Yoss. Uh, and really, on your cover letters, just don't make it like some like you know uh, general. Make it like more. It's genuine. It's you. Why you're really interested in working for that company? And because you know, once you get a call from the interview, it's mean most of the time you already fit into the job description. We just want to know your personality, your whether you fit into our value, and whether you know our value is fit to you too. So again, like like what you're saying, interview is more like a conversation. Just uh, you know, take it like it's just both way conversation. You know, it's a date, same thing. Yeah. Think about it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so like maybe like is there anyone have a question? I think we pretty much close that one there. Uh, I guess like next month is the uh, final uh, exam for all of you. I wish you guys a good luck with that. Uh, we won't do any session next month. We will definitely see you guys in April. Uh, and we'll with interest more. The final, the final is in March now? Oh gosh, back then the final is in April. Oh wait, actually it's in April, like mid of April. Oh, mid of April? Are we gonna able to do like one session in March? Um, I'm gonna update you soon with that. Okay, okay, sorry, I'm like a confused. I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Uh, it's yeah. Lockdown. Gosh. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I think we have reached the end of um our event today. Um. Thank you once again, Yosef, for sharing with us. Um. I personally think that it was really inspiring and insightful. And um, I'm sure that our participants also feel the same way. And um, on behalf of Gisao, thank you for making your time in your busy schedule to join us today.
I hope you all will have a good rest of the day. All right. Have a nice weekend, guys. guys. Bye. Oops. Oh, did I just? Hello. Hello. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'll just wait. Uh... Oh, did he also already left? Yeah, I think he left. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Kemarin tuh motornya dia juga, aduh tadi mau bilang tuh awal-awal sama Yos jangan keluar dulu sebelum ini. Apalagi <laughs> tahu. Anyway, thank you lo Chloe. Yeah, thank you lo Mbak. Thank you so much. I think today's session is really, is really good too. I think every session with Nexus is really good and insightful. <laughs> thank you. Hopefully like, next month sih aku belum tahu bakal ngajakin siapa. I'm thinking to bring someone from... Uh, a commerce uh, or finance uh, to the meeting uh, but yeah then let me know like what's the best time what bulan maret oke okay, oke okay. aku lupa apa kita maret udah ada tanggalnya ya aku juga nggak ingat oh, belum sih mbak tapi okay. sebenarnya maret tuh kita lumayan pack soalnya kan maret tuh um, kita tuh ada pergantian execs juga kan jadi uh-huh. mungkin bakal ada a little bit a little bit of adjustments jadi nanti aku kabarin mbak Vera lagi uh, kalau kita udah set semuanya. Oke, okay, oke. Okay. Oh, by the way, aku pengen tahu ini dong. Oh, sorry. Did I stop recording? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me just stop recording.